Why, why go to a border state and not visit the border? Because the more important thing going on, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. I don't know. I'm, we're Do you have any idea who's behind it? No, we don't yet. I'm running that down. I got to brief this point. Can I speak to the president? Because he has to put his executive there and back. Executive. They say harm the illegal prison. That's efficient. What's your response to that? I disagree. And he's here. What a goddamn moron. <laughs> so tired of it. Yeah. He's. he's he is stupid, no doubt about it. How in the world anybody votes for somebody like that in this country? And then, and then, the this guy, and and Obama set the bar. So let's let's say that out front. Obama set the bar when he was president. We've heard for the entire Ukraine war that Putin is a terrorist, but he negotiated with a terrorist, gave up a terrorist. That they call uh, the merchant of uh, what's his nickname, Ron? Wasn't he the merchant of death? So, something, something like yeah, the merchant of death, uh, a terrorist for a freaking basketball player, and yeah. leaves behind a marine. I, I I don't know how anyone in this country today can feel patriotic can feel proud, uh, can be happy uh, with with what in the hell is going on. I, I just, I, I don't even know what to say about this moron. Oh, wait, I can't visit the border. We have more important things to do. They're making investments. Big inve Who is they? Exactly. Who in the hell is they? I'd like to yeah. know the answer to that question. Why these reporters, I, I'm not, uh, again... Mass media people who are just as freaking stupid as all the people, all of them, every single one of them in Washington, D.C. can't ask a tough question and can't insist on an answer. We don't have... We don't have a government problem. We have a constitutional problem. That's the whole premise behind this show. That we are getting dumped on day after day after day after day. And uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to hear another Republican say we're gonna hold you know the House is gonna hold these people responsible. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want you to say to me. That you're gonna you're gonna investigate and then you're gonna hold people. I want you to do it. And until that happens, I, I don't want to hear anything come out of your mouth. Yeah. Because you've been saying the same shit for years and years and years. And that's why on previous episodes I've mentioned that people go on social media and go, Oh, it you know, it's AOC. She's being uh, investigated by the ethics committee, but nothing's gonna happen to her. Every single freaking person, everybody. That's their comment. And there's two reasons for that. One, because nobody does shit about it, and all they do is say, oh, they're not going to do shit about it. 
And two, the people that we have elected don't do shit about it. So until both of you groups of individuals, that be the citizen and the representatives, pull your head out of the sand and do what you say you're going to do and act to take something, take something into action, put your words into action, then we're just going to, we're just going to, like I said, we're going to continue to be pissed off, have these, these unnecessary rantings and, and my unnecessary rantings, uh, and, and these attitudes of nothing's going to happen because they're, you know, they're elites. And you and I have both said they're not elites at all. There's nothing about those people in the, in the mass media or the government. And that means from the city council person to the freaking White House. There's nothing about them elite. Well, other than the stench. They are an elite. They are an elite when it comes to stench. Hard to come up with. Even, even pig shit doesn't stink as bad as Washington. You and I cannot be. The only two people in this country that are sick and tired of the crap. Well, as I recall, just something really simple. But, you know, you could hardly hear um, the uh, substitute president talking over the sound of the helicopter engine in the background, right? Yeah. You had to pay. Now, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it paid that same bunch of morons that talked about how unprofessional and demeaning it was for the president to answer questions on his way to the helicopter each day that he was leaving? And yet now they seemingly they're fine with it. So it's the old, well, uh, one standard is okay for this bunch, and another standard. It has to be held by this bunch over here. And we hear that. We hear, but we hear that, right? Yeah, but yeah, we hear it every single time. I mean, that's just part of how they operate. So there's one set of rules for D and another rule set of rules for for D. So you know, it's just uh, it's madness, and trying to understand it will just make you mad or drive you mad. No, it, it it is madness. How do we stop? How do we stop the freaking madness? I mean, well, I mean, I mean uh, I, we're, we're, it, it blows something. me. It blows me away that number one, we have a mass media problem, and you and I have discussed that, right? Um, they're they're every bit as complicit in the fall of this country as the government, every bit. Yeah, let's, when, not, when you let's have, not call them. Let's not call them journalists. Yeah, it's mass media. Yeah. yeah, when when you have the the new owner of Twitter fires the legal representative, and and I have said this on this show numerous times, and here's a, a prime example of what I was talking about. You fire the guy who is the lawyer, the expert lawyer for Twitter for holding back the document dump and slow walking the documents to be released that shows Twitter was 
doing shit they shouldn't have been doing. And and I'm sorry for the for the curse words today, but I'm 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 angry. And this guy, James Baker, is an ex FBI agent who worked on the FISA warrants for the collusion hoax. Yeah. This is what I'm saying to people. These people get out of government and go into big corporations and do the exact same thing. They still have power, they still have control, and they still get paid a lot of money to do exact. They just don't have the title of FBI agent anymore, but he was doing the exact. He's, he's the one that's colluding. He's the one yeah. that's, that's holding back information. And he still has his pension, and he's not in jail. Exactly. How it, it doesn't matter what party you belong to. My God, how how do you just sit back and go? Well, I guess he got fired. That's, yeah. That, how can that, someone not care about that? I don't understand that. To me, that you know, I first started becoming aware of politics in the seventies when Nixon was president, mm-hmm. and. I can't, uh, as someone who came along in that era, I don't understand someone not getting at least mildly upset that either any kind of a political actor doing something that wrong, especially if that political actor is not an elected politician, but they're a bureaucrat. And, you know, he's a bureaucrat. He's an FBI guy. I mean, uh, the stench coming out of the seventh floor there at the uh, FBI headquarters is just terrible. I mean, how many people have to cut? How many people are even involved in this? We don't even know. There, There's so many. Um, and yet it seems, at least it seems to me like, no one cares except Republicans or independents who want to see justice done. All the people screaming out there about uh, equality and justice, uh, whatever the justice of something or other movement is all about, they don't seem to care about this justice. They only care about something they can get out of the system. They don't really care about justice at all. So. You know, it's just madness to try to understand it. And, um, you know, all I know that it, you do to get rid of it is to take action, not sit around and complain about it. And a lot of times the best thing to do is not say anything at all unless, unless it's the people you know you can trust. Because there are people out there listening in on conversations I mean, Facebook's a great example of that. So is the Twit world. And, you know, there are people who can't wait to turn you in over something. It is it is just like Nazi Germany or uh, the Stalin operators, where people act one way to your face and then they go behind your back and say something uh, that will get you thrown into prison or whatever. Um, well, I mean, 
another example is they just passed a, a new defense bill. And in that same defense bill, that it gets rid of the military uh, mandatory vaccine, right? Did they pass it? Yeah, they passed it. 300 and something to 80. So they passed the defense bill, and in the defense bill was to dis, to uh, to uh, disregard or get rid of the vaccine mandate for military members. Well, what about all the ones you already kicked out? Yeah, We're, we we've discussed the last the last couple of weeks reparations, give them their freaking jobs back. And uh, as Trump has said, if I if I win, I'm running on. You know, we're going to put them all back and give them their rank back, give them their status back and get all their back pay. And and then and then you should compensate them for whatever they've lost during that time. Not just back pay. I mean, if we have to have a serious discussion about reparations for somebody's skin color and something that happened a hundred and some odd years ago. Then, then why isn't that a serious conversation? We hear our politicians every day talk about how much they love our military and love our veterans. <laughs> Man, if you, if you don't read between the lines that they are lying to you and to the military and to us veterans, you... You're more gullible than than I give over half the country credit for. (laughs) Because they don't. They do not. I I was refused my benefits benefits because I make too much money. When when did that? when, When was that ever put in writing? Yeah. Where where did I sign that agreement? That's kind of like the IRS suddenly passing a rule about uh, having to file uh, paperwork on people for taxes at any time you pay someone over $600. Yeah. Yeah, just out of the blue. There's no legislation to back it up at all. Well, not only that, not only that, but I don't give a damn about any rules or policy. Well, like you said, there's no legislation, there's no law. Where does it say that in the Constitution? Nowhere. Yeah. Where does it say in the Constitution about one group or another? You know, you'd, you'd reference uh, this group over here or that group over there of people earlier, and it's like there's no group rights in the Constitution. It's all individual rights, because the framers' uh, intention was that if you watch out for the individual, an individual is the smallest minority that exists, one person, not not some theoretical group of one race or one, uh, you know, left-handed dwarfs from uh Newfoundland with one eye you know they just make up all of these different kinds of groups but there's no such thing as a group in the constitution so 
you know, it, it's like, well, where do who who's going to pay for these reparations to these uh, theoretically aggrieved people? Well, and, so so and if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna give reparations to people who are descendants, black descendants of black people, whether they're really descended from them or not, then how about the black people who lost their jobs or lost their lives because of this shock? They either didn't want to take it or they did take it and it killed them. How about those people who lost their jobs? Why, why don't these Black Lives Matter people, why don't these folks' lives matter to them? So it's just their words have no meaning. You know, supposedly words have words are meaning, have meaning, and yet they don't act like their words have any meaning. So it's just crap they make up, and I just can't. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to give them any kind of uh, credit for anything. If they quit listening to us a long time ago, and I have no intention to listen to them any longer. No, but I, I have to be, and and I want I want to say that I don't want to sound like a news podcast either, and and but a lot of the things that we have to use as an example of how our constitution is not being implemented, and the government has way too much power. We've allowed them entirely too much power. Um. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this, but you heard about Biden's uh, climate reparations to poor countries. So, so here again is another way to do what? To steal your money. To take money away from you that you're, uh, that a lot of Americans right now are already struggling with inflation and the price of, food and everything else everything listen every time i go to the grocery store everything i buy because we buy we have our you know favorite brands of things every time i go it's more money and some of those things i don't buy anymore because i refuse to pay for that but the idea behind this is that um you know, us larger countries, us developed countries, have been the main cause of climate change. However, the caveat here is that Joe Biden deemed China a developing nation, therefore does not have to pitch in for these so-called climate reparations. When China and India are two of the worst polluters on the planet, so, so I hate to break the liberal hearts around the world by number one saying climate change is nothing but a transfer of wealth. Um, and, and secondly, there's not a human being on the planet that can save us. I'll repeat that slower. There is not a single human being that can save us or the planet, nor is there a government that can do that either. 
for you to for people to sit back and go, oh my gosh, the government's going to save us. Oh, I'll be able to breathe for the next twenty years. <laughs> if you're not sitting here saying to yourself how stupid that sounds, then you're probably part of the problem. Yeah. Because, uh, sorry to break your heart, liberals, but uh, there's nobody on the planet, AOC, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren, none of them are capable of saving your life or the planet. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Mother Nature, Mother Nature, in my opinion, uh, will destroy us before we destroy her. If we if we become that much of a threat, and I've said it before, uh, you know the the climate people are so you know big on saving the planet, uh, so they they're they're great. One of their great glorious ideas was to get rid of plastic straws and go to paper straws. But that paper straw went into a plastic cup with a plastic lid. And when I go to Walmart or any grocery store, they don't use paper bags anymore. I get like 40 plastic bags of groceries. And then underneath uh, the the cart on the lower rack is a case of bottled water that's in plastic bottles. And let's just be honest. As many people that care about what our government is doing and how our Constitution is not being um, utilized any longer is about the same as... Uh, those that recycle, which is probably about 10%. I mean, I, I literally believe that the people who care about the Constitution and, and how our government is out of control is about 10%. How can it not be? Well, I... Personally, I think it's higher than that. I know you. I, do. know, I know you. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a lot higher than that. I know you uh, do, and and I know that you you also think that fifty percent of the country, you know, is angry, and the other half is is pretty content with, you know, arguing about what bathroom we should be using and and whether or not men should be in women's sports. I I, I disagree with that, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. What I'm saying is that I think the percentages are, are tilting higher towards... Because we, we spend more time, Ron, uh, listening about culture and social issues. And by the way, speaking of culture, what, what is America's culture? When you... Uh, you've spent time overseas. A lot of time overseas. I have spent time overseas. When you go to Europe and, and you study their culture, 
and you look at their history, and you go to some of the old cathedrals or some of the, the structures that were built, you know, way before you and I were even a thought. And then you come to America and you, and you compare and contrast cultures. <laughs> I mean, what, what is American culture? Cheeseburgers, big fat asses, and I don't know, transgenderism. That, that's what our culture is right now. Yeah, but I, I keep making the point, though, that that is not American culture. No, it's not. Yeah. But, but, but I'm, that, that's the point I'm making. Is that yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the culture that, that people could, could think is America, but that's not really American culture. That is post-American culture or anti-American culture. Yeah, no, and, and, and it so goes that's so far to not even it goes so far to not even being culture. No, and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. that that that's what we that's what we are that's what we have our minds embedded in is all this nonsense, all this stuff that that really the average American doesn't even, I mean, probably doesn't even know it exists unless they're seeing it on social media or television. Um, and probably doesn't really care. But not caring is, is an issue. Uh, because not caring has got us to where we are today. Um, you know, we have... We have a couple generations that really, that really have uh, some mental issues. I mean, if for no other reason, download TikTok and and just spend thirty minutes scrolling through videos on TikTok, and you can't you can't seriously have a conversation with me and tell me that our our youth are normal people and and I don't say that to be disrespectful I don't say that to be hateful it's not hate speech it's not it's not that I like seeing what I see but I had TikTok for a while and I got rid of it I just I I'm like man Facebook's bad enough. I mean, I would never have Twitter. It's just, it's fantasy land. And, and I have Facebook because my family members are on there and, and a lot of my friends that, I, that I'm no longer, you know, I'm, I'm in a whole different part of the country from them. And originally, uh, the idea behind Facebook was so that you could connect, right? You could stay connected with people whether they be across the world or, you know, five states away. Uh, and, and the intention was, was good. Where it's gone to uh, is not, I, I'm sure it's not what it was orig originally envisioned to be. Uh, but back to what my point was, is that we have, we have generations that are, that are, uh, they're just not right. And they continuously 
they are continuously absorbing that kind of negativity and, um, you know, whatever they're being, uh, I'll use a term that a lot of people don't like to hear. Um, it's happening in our public schools. It's happening in our universities and it's happening online. They are being groomed. Uh, the other generation that bears a lot of responsibility for what we are experiencing today, and I've said this before, um, is the boomer generation. So how do you how do you address that so that you can you can uh, as you had said either the previous episode or or recently that people need to wake up and start taking action. How, how do you get them there? Because if you're sitting there and you're watching these types of things and you're hearing these types of things and you're seeing them in there every day about what we talked about, which is anti-American culture, how do we, how do we reverse that and get our culture back? Uh, And, and change it I, I don't want to I don't want to say change it to the way things used to be but change them to normality and make sure that everything that is being done is being done constitutionally That was a question for you, by the way. Oh, that was a, <laughs> it's an awfully long question, Ben. Um, the bottom line of it is how do you, how do you fight the anti-American move, movement or whatever you want to call it, or preserve or restore American culture? That's yes. just a bit of Yeah, pretty much. I know I go on these long things but I, I guess I'm just trying to make a point that that listeners will understand where I'm coming from um, because there's there's so much to unpack nowadays it's, it's amazing you know we we could get on the phone and I could talk for four hours because there is so much stuff to unpack and unravel and and to make people aware of and that things are not normal so uh, that that's my question to you: is how do we how do we how do we normalize things, and how do we get our culture back in a constitutional way? Yeah, because I'm I'm stuck on the TikTok thing where I can't I can't even sign up or get on TikTok. If you send me a TikTok video, I can watch it. Yeah. But my security settings are such that I can't even get on it. <laughs> my system won't allow it. Well, so I gotta, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just I'm like that's how I that's how I avoid it. Is uh, it's like I don't have alcohol or sweets in the house. Well, I have to tell because, you, you're not missing much. I'll be well, honest. There, there, <laughs> there are some funny things, and I mean, there, there are some. 
you know, people that do some really cool stuff. I have a friend that that uh, is in the military, and he he does uh, woodworking and and creates you know things for veterans and current military members out of wood, and and it does some really neat woodwork. And he posts you know videos about that, and that's how he you know he kind of sells and promotes his company and stuff. So there there are so so. Understand, I, I think that there is a time and a place and a purpose for Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatnot, um, WhatsApp, all these other platforms. I, I don't want to silence anybody's free speech because you can, can, you can take out of context what I'm saying and say, well, you want to silence people. You want to shut down TikTok and Facebook and Twitter. No, I don't. I, I just want it to be normal. <laughs> I mean, it, it is being normal against the law? No. Well. Or, or being uh, abnormal I, against the law? No. Yeah, I, I recall uh, the uh, athletic director of my high school. And, and keep in mind, in the 1970s, the early 1970s, very few high schools even had an athletic director. Mm -hmm. So we had like 600 and I think 14 people in my gra in my graduating class. So fairly good sized school. He had, he was also the basketball coach, legendary basketball coach in Missouri and uh, won several state titles. Um, but his comment was was very close to my uh, comment on success. And I forget the name of the person who first came up with this principle. Something principle is what it was called. I just don't remember what who something was. But at any rate, it was basically, uh, you know, 90% of work is done by 10% of people, something like that. And uh, what I've always said is, is that 5% um, of people play the game. About 15% of people watch the game. And about 80% of people don't even know there's a game. Um, and this athletic director said something very similar. And uh, I, I've even heard him say it in speeches to the public, which was that everyone talks about being normal. But if you, I just want you to know that if you're on the field or on the court or competing in something, you're abnormal. You're not normal. The normal people are sitting in the stands watching you. You're abnormal. And then there's a whole bunch of people who have no idea that there's a game going on. They, they're off somewhere doing something. But they, you don't really want those people in your life because they don't know that there's, that there's anything going on. So it was his way of addressing normalcy, to, to recognize that if you're out there uh, you know, let's say you're, you're a Republican or a Democrat in the political game. You're playing the game. 
Right. You know, um, there might be there someone criticizing you, but you're in the game, by golly. You're fighting for something. And, you know, I, I respect that. I respect people who have something clear that they're trying to achieve and uh, they're trying to get buy-in. I really do respect that. It's just very few people in politics are really coming from that angle any longer. But I get your point about uh, what is on a lot of these social media things or, or any or mass media of any kind is not normal um and it's not it's not uh a positive form of abnormal it's a destructive form of normal it's self-destructive uh people are so absorbed in themselves that they're not helping that make themselves better at anything. They're not helping society become better at anything. Mm. They're just absorbing themselves. And that is anti-American. Uh, American culture has always been that you, you come here to better yourself and to provide a better world for your family to grow up in. That is the real American dream. The American dream is not come to America and get free stuff. It's not come to America and buy a home, contrary to what the realtor associations might tell you. The American <laughs> dream, yeah, the American dream has nothing to do with uh, buying a home on a 30-year mortgage. I mean, it just isn't. So forget about that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, the American dream is freedom. And through being free, you have the opportunity to better yourself. No one is holding you back because you're you're black, you're white, you're Bayesian, <laughs> you're, you're Mexican, you're whatever. And it doesn't mean that you're that those things don't exist in life. But it is not part of our society to hold people back based on how you look. It's it's part of our culture that you're you're welcome to come here and make this place better. Don't come here and try to make it worse. Or somehow or another or somehow or, or to change it to what you believe it should be. I mean, America, well, it, America, it, America has, has now been around for 240-odd years and has done just fine with our Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, all has done just fine without any outside interference. I mean, you know, we, we try to, to nation-build, which I, I disagree with 100%. Um, so what I mean by that is I don't think that it's our duty as Americans to go into other countries and tell them how to run their country any more than I think people from other countries should come in here and tell us how to run ours. 
or or you know if you're if you're gonna come from El Salvador to make a better life for yourself, I don't have a problem with you. Um, being proud of your roots, where you come from, your country, none of that. But don't come here and desecrate our flag and wave yours at the same time after you just left somewhere that you said oppressed you. And that was so bad that you were seeking refuge in other in, in our in our country. So we have our own culture. You you assimilate into our culture. We don't do the opposite. I mean, I don't, I don't I don't think that I should have to if I want a position in a certain uh, industry or let's say the government. If I want to be a border patrol officer, is it incumbent upon me to learn how to speak Spanish? I'm on the American side. So should, well, should I? Right next to the Canadian border, I don't think. Really <laughs> I mean, you know, do I need to learn how to speak Canadian if I want to work on the Canadian border? <laughs> a, no, you just have a, to. You have to say a a lot. Yeah, yes. yeah. But you see my point. Uh, and and I get yours, but I'm still I'm still trying to figure out. Uh, so the American dream, and I had said this before, I don't even literally know what that means. Um, I don't think that I've ever lived the American dream, even though I'm a straight, white, heterosexual Christian male, I've never had the privilege to live the American dream. At least not that I'm aware of, because I don't know what that is. Um... And so it's hard for me to, you know, when I hear any politician say that, you know, the American dream is just over the hill. Crap, I'm, I'm over the hill already and have never lived it. Isn't it odd that people talk so much about it and yet so many people don't know what it is? I mean, it, it, I think people have, uh, they may have a idea, but that idea was implanted and suggested by somebody else. I think everybody's, uh, everybody's version of the American dream is probably different. Um, you know, some may think that if, if you're, uh, Elon Musk and you're worth billions of dollars well you're living the American dream but he would be living the African American dream so yeah right um, I, I think everybody's version of that probably is different looks different feels different but we're told hey you know if you're successful and you you know you're able to you know, raise a family and, like you said, own a home, live in a nice neighborhood. 
you're living the American dream. Well, I, to me, you know what the American dream to me is? Is that I, I, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct that I am free and the government gets out of my life and stays out of my way. Yeah. And that they don't try to impose things on me that are unconstitutional. That, that would be, that would be my version of the American dream. Yeah. So, I mean, it would also go a long ways toward explaining why people, by the millions, try to get into this country. In and not out. Mm -hmm. We don't have millions of people trying to leave. Even the people who promise they will, if someone's elected, you know, whoever that person is, well, by golly, I'll leave. They, but they never do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I've, I've had a, even this conversation uh, with family and friends. Yeah. Talking about, oh, well, you know, I'd say, well, this country is so much better than everywhere else. But it's not as good as it could have been. Well, what did you? What have you done to make it better? And if if you really want to live somewhere else, why don't you go live there? If you think someone else, somewhere else, has done a better job of executing what what a country ought to look like, why don't you just go live there and stop complaining? Uh, well, uh, I mean, there was there was. This, they say words, but I never hear what they are. Well, I mean, I think yeah. wasn't Whoopi one of them? Uh, 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 Barbara Streisand um, and several other people, you know, and we're going to move out of the country if Trump yeah. becomes president. They're, the great philosophers, they're... the great philosophers of America, <laughs> right? The the yeah. uh, the elites. Um, there there were people I I would have pitched in to buy that plane ticket. Oh, I would have paid it myself. Well, that's entirely. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. we'll show you the way out. So there isn't a better place to go, even though the morons continue saying that this country is so bad. When people start flocking to go to some other country instead of here, we'll know that it's possible they could be correct. Yeah. But until that time happens... I'm just going to assume that they're all full of shit. So, you know, that's where I stand with these people who are always complaining about this country. On the other hand, I have no problem with complaining about the country or about this, that, or some other thing, but I've always got a, a, a proposal or an idea on how to make it better. Yeah. Fix the damn potholes. Yeah. You know, start there. That's a great place to start. So, uh, it's just that what bothers me here is an education system issue, which is why does why does everyone not know what the American dream is? If there's something that identifies the country in the way of a dream, why do we not know what that is? I mean, and I say collectively we. 
as in everyone. Why do we not get out of college knowing what the American dream is? Mm. Why is it we don't get out of grade school? No. I mean, you know, I, I had to recite the, uh, the uh, preamble to the U.S. and Missouri constitutions before I was allowed to move from uh, ninth grade to 10th. Why don't, I mean, the American dream can be like one sentence. Even if you do think it's to own a home, it can be, yeah, it's to own, it's to own my own mobile home. Okay. Well, maybe that is, I, I just, I disagree, but why isn't it easy just to roll off everyone's lips? Oh, the American dream is blah, 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 blah. And to have an agreement within society within culture that this is the American dream. And we all know that. Well, I would posit to you that people used to know. And uh, what the American dream is, and now was, is not taught through culture. It's not taught through families, and it's not taught through schools. It's been removed from the school system. So that is a that is why it's so hard to identify is because a couple of generations ago they stopped telling about it. Yeah. Basically, if if you were in the school system any time after 1970, you weren't getting traditional education. American education. That's basically about the time where the Marxists had completed taking over the education system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was still in education at the time and uh, had graduated college by the end of that decade. You were, you know, a decade later, because I'm so much older. But, and, and, and I almost criminally disabled. So anyway, um, but at any rate, uh, that's how, that's number one problem I would say is, uh, what's the, uh, what's the pledge of allegiance? Uh, I don't know. That's the next stage. People don't know what the pledge of allegiance is. They well, maybe that's a person. great point. Maybe that's a great point because or or part of the answer is to why more people out aren't outraged by the things our government does because they don't understand or they don't know what their basic rights are i mean yeah, people's they rights they are don't violated. know what they've given up they yeah, don't know what they gave up yeah you you don't know what you're giving up if you don't know what you have i mean right. so um, we, we know, you and I know, that there are people walking around every day in, in society, just their normal daily lives, and their rights are being violated. Uh, for example, there are police officers out there that will violate your rights under the color of law, 
knowing that they're violating your rights, or B, not knowing that they are because they don't even know what's in the Constitution and what your basic rights are. I have phone calls that prove that. Yeah. I will probably play the. I'm I'm going to uh, probably play one episode. I'll play the uh, response I got from the Sioux Falls um, South oh. yeah officer yeah. that I called, mm-hmm. um, and I think I will play the others. I'll, I I may take their name out. I don't I don't want to dox anybody, even though they were they were representing themselves well. Um, and and I don't mm-hmm. want to just call out police officers. Because I'm I'm a uh, supporter of the police. I'm not a defund the police guy. I, you know, I think the vast majority of police officers uh, intend to do the right thing every day, and they put their lives on the line. So I have respect for them. Um, Unlike the rank and file of the FBI. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, no, it's you're right. I mean, it, it's a great point. I know. <laughs> You yeah, know, I was thinking, because we all know the rank and file of the FBI is dirty. Yeah, I was know? thinking when you were when you were talking about the <laughs> FBI earlier, I thought, you know, it, 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 there's there's all this talk of this uh, hacking brains and you know brain chips and all this other stuff that this technology that they're developing and they're doing that for a reason. It's just more control. Could you imagine it virtually? Uh, Everyone that was corrupt and dirty walked around and looked like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. They had that cloud of stink around them and dirt. You'd know who they were. You'd know the bastards. (laughs) You know, you could tell, hey, that's a dirty son of a gun right there. Um, Well, when you were saying that, for some reason, what flashed in my mind was Maxine Waters. (laughs) I wonder why that is. Okay, she's not dirty. She's just stupid. I don't know how that woman was not charged with inciting violence. Well, and you know, and they, so that's proven that you can't hack everyone's brain because yeah, they sure. well, you have to have one to hack first. Well, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's a that's a great point. But these these people, but we're talking about the the people that have made our lives miserable. Could you yeah. could you imagine there there probably wouldn't even be podcasts. Um most people wouldn't even watch the news if it was all glorious and and happy and you know what I mean? Yeah, if it bleeds it leads. Yeah, so as I've said before, you and I don't create the the citizens don't create these problems. We're just a victim of of the problem. But this culture of tolerating it is not American at all. That's the nail on the head right there. That's that's exactly the point that I that's why I love having you as as my par- my partner in this because you say things like that that I I just can't get there. I have to go the long way and you just <laughs> and I think, you know, that that's what makes her a great pair, right? Uh, yeah. you 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 get right to it and that's the nail on the head. 
Yeah, there's no there's no tradition of tolerance of bullshit in this country. There there is a tolerance of uh hey, uh I live here, you live there. Um you do whatever you want to at your house as long as it doesn't involve me. That that's tolerance. Right. Because you're staying inside your zone. But that's normal I, tolerance, I, I'm right? over here in my lane, and then everyone else is too. But if you want to play loud music all night and keep everyone up, and you have a band of uh, killer dogs that roam around killing things, then I don't have to put up with that. You know, tolerating that is not in the agreement. That's not in the cultural agreement. And yet suddenly... We're being asked to accept that it is. We're, we're being asked, to, not even asked, we're being told to accept people burning down our cities to, to loot, for people to get killed, and all out of some false justification that it, they have a political point. Well, bullshit. That's burning, rioting, murdering, looting, well, what do you know? Those those initials kind of add up to BLM, don't they? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, that kind of tolerance is not acceptable, and it's anti-American to try to make it acceptable. This is it. That sort of is it burning and looting matters? Is that what that is? Burning and looting, yeah, <laughs> and murder. Burn, loot, murder. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and the black people that have died or, or have uh, suffered severe injustices in this country, I think would re be repulsed by what BLM is actually trying to bring to this country because people can be repulsed by slavery all they want to and by injustice and by prejudice. But let's hold that those things up and you can see that that existed in every Marxist country, and to the to the effect that tens of millions of people have been killed, hundreds of millions of people have been killed in Marxist countries. But that has become so. That has become part of. I don't know that you that you saw this post uh, of mine. That the things that you mentioned are part of our culture now. That's the part of the the abnormal culture that I'm talking about. Where they're, the, Minneapolis is paying 12 George Floyd protesters $600,000. Um, because I did, I did during not see the. That, but I did not see that, but to me, that is not our culture. That is the culture of political partisans there. Well, that's and what I'm saying. How other places. So that's what I'm saying. How, how people uh, aren't fighting against this is beyond me. But basically, what's ha what the what the payout is for, um, and this isn't Minneapolis isn't the only city that's done this. They've done it in um, Austin, Texas, and in Denver. Uh, Denver paid 14 million uh, for 12 to 12 people earlier this year. And this was based on police misconduct. So when they fired tear gas and rubber bullets, they were injured 
You know, they weren't killed. I mean, I'm sure a rubber bullet hurts like hell. I've been through CS gas, which is a hell of a lot worse than tear gas or pepper spray. But the, the idea behind this is that, um, so one of the, uh, one of the paragraphs says, as they unfolded, they being the riots, footage of the protests developing into fiery riots became as common as videos depicting police officers gassing, beating, and firing non-lethal projectiles at seemingly peaceful protesters. <laughs> how do you how how I'm I'm not gonna read that again, but I'm gonna say yeah. how do you go from footage of the pro protests developing into fiery riots to then peaceful protesters in yeah. the same paragraph? You can't have it both ways. Yeah, so well, they, they the, claimed that's the culture of so-called German journalism. Yeah, so what they claimed was uh, they had received bruises, respiratory issues, and psychological trauma. Listen, if you wouldn't have had your ass there in the first place, you wouldn't have gotten hit with a rubber bullet or had to breathe some tear gas or uh, you know had some, some respiratory issues. In the first place, you, you didn't belong there anyway. No. Not if you were burning and looting. So not only do these people get, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars each, but they walked away with a free flat screen and uh, some Nikes and a uh, Michael Kors pur- Kors, Michael Kors purse. Michael Kors. Yeah, that's a. It's a high uh, high end brand of clothing, uh, clothing and accessories. My wife has a Michael Kors uh, winter jacket. That's really it's really nice. But I, the point is that so it's just like uh, a a DA in California, which I don't even consider part of the United States anymore. Let's let's just. You know, while we're at it, let's just build the border wall right up the the California state line. And, and he has said to the, his prosecutors, don't prosecute uh, illegal immigrants. Um, so, so that he said, if you're going to prosecute them, make it a lesser crime or don't prosecute them at all so that they don't, don't have, they don't acquire a record, therefore can't be deported. So if you go out and, I don't know, I, I, I'm just going to, you know, make something up. If you go out and commit armed robbery, we're going to turn that into, it's kind of like if you, if you, um, if you run a stop sign and you have no seatbelt on, a lot of times they'll drop one of those. We'll drop the seatbelt charge you pay for the you know running the stop sign. So if you go and commit armed robbery, we're going to change that from armed robbery to, I don't know, um, pick your poison, so that you're, you you it's not on your criminal record, or we're just not going to prosecute you at all. 
You know, one is prosecutorial discretion, and the other is misuse of discretion, and it, and it is a systemic uh, circumvention of the law. But he literally told his prosecutors. Yes. Yeah. Uh, avoid enforcing the law. Avo- it's, a, yes. it's a systemic problem, yeah. Which is not legal. I mean, the guy should should have been put in jail for that. So but why in that? Why in the hell wouldn't uh, the criminals want to come to this country? They can get away with anything. Well, at least go to L.A. or San Francisco. It, or as New long York. as they stay there, I mean, who cares? And and you know, I I, I make fun of California and and Californians a lot. And there are a lot of them that say, hey, listen, you know, we don't believe in this stuff. And, you know, there's still some good people here. Well, prove it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Well, there is a way to handle these rioters and everything. I don't know that my method would be uh, acceptable by everyone, but it would be effective. Well, I would assume um, that it would be similar to what happened during the Chicago riots, uh, the L.A. riots. I mean, you, you can't just let people run roughshod all over the, the city. Well, I mean, there's it's it's one actually thing. all of that stuff in the Chicago riots was. Uh, you know, it, it's a demo, it's a bunch of Democrats rioting against Democrats. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Democrats ruled Chicago, and uh, these uh, communists who were rioting, like Black Panthers and all of that, uh, they're Democrats. It's Democrat-on-Democrat violence. It's done nothing but get worse in Chicago. But, you know, Chicago used to have a way of handling things like that. I mean, it was a relatively safe city when Capone was running Chicago. Mm, yeah. Isn't that, so, isn't that, isn't that hard to say? Or, or not necessarily hard to say, but isn't it hard to fathom that a city that was run by mobsters was safer than the city that's run by, run by the government? Who are also mobsters, by the way. Um. Well, that's the whole thing, is that there was a time between the end of Prohibition, you know, in the early 1930s, and when the riots occurred in 68. So basically, uh, 30 years later or so, basically a generation or so, um, there was a time where the government learned how the organized crime worked and took over what organized crime did mm-hmm. you know I, I the republicans did a crappy job of it but the democrats did a great job of taking over organized crime in this country so you know they they run most of the uh big cities where you know, you basically have uh, it kind of like the old boss days, the old machine days, where you have uh, the Democrat Party running both uh, both crime and government. 
<clears throat> and it's gone so far up the ladder that it's existed in the FBI. So is it hard to say? It's hard to recognize. It, it, you know, it's, it's sad, I guess, to recognize that that's what has happened. But it's not hard to say because it is true. Um, and I don't have a problem with telling the truth. Um, it has made a lot of enemies for me. <laughs> a lot of people don't like me because, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a great personality while I'm telling the truth about things. You know, in other words, I don't uh, soft pedal it sometimes and just cut right through it. But that's, it, it is true. I mean, there's a criminal element in the FBI, and it's controlled, it's taken over and controls the largest uh, law enforcement organization in the world. I, I think that's a problem, and it's not at all part of American culture to tolerate it. Yeah, I, and, and I so, think that's my whole yeah. rant, rant today, which is... Well, you know, we're we're told we we need to be more tolerant. Well, you also I think you also need to choose what you're tolerant of. Well, yeah. He says you don't have to be tolerant of everything. No. So so as much as I think I I subscribe to the idea of live and let live. That doesn't mean that that I, I have to agree with everything. Doesn't mean I have to be forced to comply. It doesn't mean that I have to play along. You like you said earlier, you can do what you want. I mean, you know, back in my day, they they used to say uh, in school, you know, no public display of affection. You know, there was a time and a place for that. Things were more strict, even not that it was not that long ago. Um, and so I, it's kind of like with the LGBTQ plus OPEC community plus OPEC uh, community that I, I don't. I have friends that are. Uh, gay and lesbian and I don't have any that I know of that are transgender but I, I wouldn't not be a friend with someone that was tr transgender I have nothing personal against those people uh, but I'm sorry I, I don't if I fly the American flag out front of my house um, I'm not obligated to fly the gay pride flag I'm not obligated to support gay marriage. I'm not obligated to do any of that stuff. And to to think that you should be able to force me um, is not is not in our culture. Exactly. Well, but what is part of our culture is this: the is you're also able to fly one of those flags you can fly the 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 rainbow 
thing flag. That's for the LGBT plus people, right? Yeah. Well, to I, me, it's I a. Don't, I don't keep up, but let's say I want to fly that flag, take down my American flag, and I put that flag up there, and that's the only thing up there. Well, I'm supposed to be able allowed to do that too. Well, you know? why is it okay? Why is it? Why is it that someone can protest an American flag or the anthem uh, before a game or or I don't know? Let's say I, I I'm at a presidential speech. Somehow I get into you know I get a press pass and I get into the presidential speech. And I don't want to hear hail to the chief. Because I don't hail to any freaking person. Does that mean they don't play it? I mean, you don't get to force someone into doing something that they don't want to be a part of. As far as I'm concerned. So it's okay for someone to look at the American flag and go, that's just a piece of fabric with a bunch of colors on it. It means nothing to me. But if I do it to the gay pride flag, I'm a bigot, I'm a homophobe. No, I'm not. I just look at it as a piece of fabric with a bunch of colors on it that means absolutely nothing to me. Mm -hmm. I, I have that right to say that. That I'm not saying that's how I look at things and that's how I feel. I'm just no, saying. I get, the, I get what you I'm mean. I'm just making sure. an analogy here as to you can't have it both ways, and that's not what American culture is is made up of. If you want me to be tolerant, then you need to be tolerant. Because if you're intolerant, I'm going to be just as intolerant right back. Well, that's the that's the issue with totalitarianism. Is that whatever, wherever they, whatever they say goes, and you have, you have to accept, it. you have to tolerate whatever they think, whoever they is. But if they change their minds and say now, oh, okay, well, um, this this flag is no longer just a uh, piece of uh, fabric with something on it. It is something you have to respect. Not not this other one today. Today we're changing. Well, then you're supposed to go along with it. Well, I mean, you could go to the extreme on on our on on the other side. So why not why not say okay, Brittany Griner? Uh, you know, you didn't want to come out to the national anthem. You said it wasn't out of disrespect for the country. Um, but you didn't think it should be played. There, there, there's something wrong about the anthem that bothered her, and so sh she said, "If the if the WNBA decides that they're going to continue to play it, as if she had some sort of power and control, or thought she deserved some sort of power and control to influence their decision to play it or not, that's a whole other argument, right?" Mm -hmm. Um, when she steps off the plane, when she reaches this country, there better not be a single flag flying anywhere in her vicinity. And why not take away her, her, uh, citizenship and her basic human rights? Mm-hmm. 
She didn't believe in him in the first place. So, so if they can go to an extreme, why can't I? Yeah. I'm not saying, again, these, these is, this is how stupid I want people to understand how this stuff sounds. I'm making a, a ridiculous analogy here that that is how, that is how we kind of operate anymore. Well, it's the thinking of a totalitarianism. My way or the highway. Well, and nobody should nobody should ever feel that they need to 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 think that way or that they should be treated that way. I don't. I don't have. I don't know Brittany Griner. I don't have any axe to grind with her. I think it was a silly sophomore position to take, uh, along with Colin Kaepernick or anybody else, to to kneel or refuse to come out during the national anthem. My God, a, a couple of minutes out of your life is the worst thing in the world for you to listen to a song. I mean. You claim to be oppressed, man. Let me have your paycheck for for one for one game. There's there's millions of Americans in this country today that would die to make what you make for one basketball game or one football game, and you feel like you're oppressed. I mean, if that doesn't if that doesn't ring with someone in their brain if it doesn't process of how ridiculous this this stuff that we have to listen to is and how that's damaging the culture of our country it's undermining our constitution and and our government and the mass media loves it they relish every single minute of it because it takes away from from the foolishness that they are doing that just piles on and makes us even more worse off than we were, you know, the last year or the year before or the 10 years yeah. prior. It's all part of undermining the, or tearing up the fabric of society. So we don't, we don't necessarily even have a, I mean, do we have we have culture issues? We have social issues, and I think those need to be ironed out between society and and the people. I don't think the government it should be involved in any of that stuff. They shouldn't be regulating or, or you know passing laws to, to tell someone which bathroom they can go. That that should be up to the private entities. I mean, they're. You know, they're trying to force companies to, you know, vaccine mandates and all this stuff and all this cancel culture and, and everything. And that's none of your business. Well, and and the, the people should be telling the government what to be doing. It, it should and that's, not be the government. Yeah. Our, culture, our culture is that's how it happens. Our culture is not the... We sit around waiting for the government to tell us what to do and not to. That is anti-American. Yet somehow, it is what was popularly known as a part of American culture. In other words, the people control government, not vice versa. 
that has disappeared as a majority view in our culture. There are many of us, you and I included, and many of our friends and the people we know who still have the view of, oh no, that's not how it works, folks. So the thing is, is that the, the folks who the Marxists have most been able to influence since the 1970s has been the following generations and the uh, professors of our own generation who are getting their way. They're getting to be the little boy who cries wolf and cries and cries and uh, gets his own way, uh, even though the, not everyone necessarily agrees with them. Right. Um, you know, they're they're trying to create a different culture, which is just an anti-culture. It is not a culture of their own. It is just a culture that of tearing down the old culture. Now, Marxism is not ever about building a new culture. It's just all about undermining the old culture. Mm -hmm. And then as something new develops, then that is torn down from inside and something new is pursued. You know, it's a, it's a destructive form of evolution. It just gets worse and worse and worse until you only have the Lord of the Flies left. So, you know, it just shocks me that so many people have bought into it. Uh, and so many critical thinking skills have disappeared. But it doesn't mean that the culture is gone, it doesn't exist, that the country doesn't exist any longer. But those of us left have to be willing to say, oh no, that, that person is not one of us. That yeah, thinking, and I think the that thinking is not ours. That's not American. You know, you have to get to a point where people are willing to say that and back it up, even if they may be the, the only one willing to. Uh, yeah, and I think we need to make sure that, or we reassure people that. it's okay to stand up and fight because I think there's a level of fear uh, amongst yeah you know people that, that say well what am I gonna do what what can little old old me do well look at the Kyle Rittenhouse case classic example mm-hmm the kid had every right to defend himself. Mm -hmm. It's right there, right there on video. Mm -hmm. Had the law on his side, had the facts on his side, and yet the uh, mass media and the various uh, anti-American groups try to destroy his life without any repercussions to them at all, unless he winds up suing, you know, CNN and some of these other people. Uh, 
know, they tried to destroy his life. Even well, and I think he should. I, I, you know, Nicholas Sandman was uh, was very successful yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think on a scale, if you were to, you know, compare and contrast the two issues, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse suing CNN, MSNBC, even even Joe Biden is a slam dunk in comparison to the Sandman case. Well, and I compare it with what we were talking about last time, which has to do with um, election integrity and people not, uh, uh, people were not granted standing to present a court case contesting an election. I look at those two cases the same way. Why can we not? Why are we forbidden from having a class action available to us as a solution to how those guys were treated? Because it was, they were definitely harmed. I'm not saying they weren't. What I am saying is we were all harmed. Everyone in this country was harmed because of how Nicholas Sandman and, and, uh, Colonel Rittenhouse were treated. Mm-hmm. Everyone was was harmed by that. Why can we not band together and have a, a court action against CNN and uh, anyone else who did anything against them? I mean, granted, maybe maybe they should have the lion's share of a settlement, but why can we not obtain uh, reparations from those organizations that uh, lied to us. I mean, it's it's mass media on on free airwaves. Well, free you can make it, NBC. I'll make a I'll make an analogy here or a, a assessment and say I was emotionally harmed uh, by the Kyle Rittenhouse case as a lawful gun owner thinking that I could spend the rest of my life in prison uh, for self for, for the right of self-defense. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm emotionally scarred from that. And it's hard to say until you, it, it's hard to say until you're in the situation that it might negatively affect your willingness to defend yourself. If you were put in a, a situation where your life's in danger. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I know in my case, um, not shooting someone uh, in in a situation I was in is something that won't happen again. Because I know how much the system is stacked against me. And I know that uh, you know, anytime someone can get with within less than ten feet of you, you should be, you should take action against them, whether it's shooting them, throwing the knife, whatever, because you can become harmed. Mm-hmm. So, I know that if I am ever in the situation again that I was put in, I would just go ahead and shoot the guy. So, 
Yeah, uh, would, would depending that, on where you that, live. Would that case come against me? You know, would that would that case convince me not to? Well, it well, depends actually, on that, actually that case was what caused me not to the first time. Right. Because I'm I'm holding myself to a higher standard than I should have been. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to pull this weapon. If that case hadn't come along when it did, though, then. Uh, I might have gone ahead and defended myself the way I was lawfully entitled to, and the, and the guy would be dead. So, you know, I, I guess I, I ought to be saying I'm one of them who was affected by that. Because I, I did allow that case to affect my thinking. Um, who knows who else was? But the point is, is that why would the why would courts deny us standing? You well, know? can they and can they constitutionally when there is uh, legal doctrine? Um, in one of the states that I live in, uh, there are several others that have the stand your ground law. Um, some of them do, some of them have, they, they call it something else, but it's also known as the castle doctrine where, um, you have the, the general right to self-defense and all you have to have is, is reasonable belief that you're, you're in some sort of danger. You don't have to, yeah. I mean, Someone doesn't have to approach you with a knife or a gun or, or a baseball bat. All, all you have to feel is, all you have to do is feel that your life is in danger and you can stand your ground. Now, there's, I, I'm sure, you know, stand your ground doesn't mean, you know, Walmart parking lot or, you know what I mean? You, there has to be, you can't just go around, you know, this isn't the Old West either. Uh, but when you're, when you're talking about like the Kyle Rittenhouse situation or some of these people who, you know, have been carjacked or, you know, they're smash and grab in somebody's house, you know, uh, I saw a, a video recently of a young man who went over to his ex-girlfriend's house and they told him to leave, and her father was behind the door with her, and she was scared. Just a young girl. And he said, I've got a gun. You need to leave. Several times. It, caught, it was caught on the ring doorbell. Mm -hmm. And he starts kicking on the door, and he starts, you know, shouldering the door. He's trying, and he eventually gets the door open, and the father shoots him through the door. Yeah. Multiple times, and he dies on the scene. Yeah, deader than a doornail. Yeah, I mean, it, it was horrible to see that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was de deader than the actual doornail on that door, yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, uh, it was horrible to see that. He's a young man. You know, he's got a whole, his whole life ahead of him, but you can't just go around, you know, doing nonsense. You can't do that. Yeah. There, there has to be a line. And there were and, no charges brought against him whatsoever. No. 
Well, and there shouldn't have been. Should someone have looked into it, though? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying don't investigate. I, I, think that, I think that's why we have a police department, is to verify that something is not inappropriate. You know, uh, you've, you've got to have someone calling balls and strikes. I think the concern most of us have with where law enforcement, namely the FBI, who is so corrupt, but other law enforcement too, but most law enforcement I know are very respectful. I can't imagine, even as bad as I've always felt about the Department of Justice, I could not in my worst dreams have imagined the FBI would become a corrupt criminal organization like it is. Nor would I ever have thought that citizens would put up with it like they have. It's just shocking to me. So, so but someone does have to, to look into it and say where the line was drawn. Um, what do you do if someone like James Baker, who was uh, in the FBI and then became general counsel of the Twits, and he's caused so much trouble in this country? Yeah. How can you have mass media being silent on it? Yeah. Like why is why it? isn't why isn't the the silent majority <laughs> that just I I'm embarrassed by even the term. But why aren't why aren't they canceling that guy? Why why isn't he being canceled? Yeah. Why why isn't he being boycotted? Why isn't the right out and uh protesting in front of his house? Why is it that the left can can protest outside of a Supreme Court justice's house? You know, the the left can protest in front of the Supreme Court itself. That's not an insurrection. Of course, they didn't go inside. Okay, uh, um, so maybe oh, that's they not... tried to. They tried to remember seeing all the people pounding on the door. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, why isn't that an insurrection? Why isn't he being canceled? Yeah. So my biggest beef here today, and has been for the last couple of episodes, is why is why is the right so complacent? I, I'm I don't understand, and and I I want to go as far as to say why is the country so complacent? Have we, have we gotten to a point where no matter what our government says or does to us, that it's okay? Once again, I'll bring up the green zone set up outside the Capitol for months and months with with soldiers inside of that green zone and and military. You'll understand, Ron. I'm not, I know you do what a green zone is, and those weapons were not pointed at inward; they were pointed outward. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it before that should that should piss everybody off. That that it didn't. Let me let me tell you this. The person who fired that, if someone attempted to go over that fence, the person that fired the shot that took them out, 
wouldn't have yelled out if, are you a Democrat or a Republican? They wouldn't have cared. So those weapons weren't just pointed out, you know, it, oh, it was, a, it was an insurrection by a bunch of right-wingers. That, well, that that it, it wouldn't have mattered if it, if it was a right winger or a left winger that was cl- crawling over that fence in that green zone, and the bullet wouldn't have cared whether you had a D or an R in front of your name, and neither would the person that shot you, and neither would the coroner after he was done embalming you and getting you ready for to be put in the ground. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have cared. The mass media would have. They would have made that the story. Instead of the story being, our government is aiming rifles at its citizens. Every single one of them, because it wouldn't have, like, I'm just telling you, it wouldn't have mattered. Oh, uh, I know. I, I, you just hit on something that I was thinking on about uh, some other countries when uh, it's this situation going on in, in South America right now where. Uh, the communists have interfered in the elections and the left wing has uh, purportedly won, narrowly won, but still won. Um, and uh, Bolsonaro uh, was defeated, supposedly, allegedly. And, uh, and uh, another incident, uh, I recall I think was in Israel, but at any rate, I, I noticed the reporting on it was that this person was, or group were uh, le- were right wing uh, anti government right wingers, uh, something like that, conservative right wingers, blah blah blah. And for some reason, it annoyed me to the point I, I actually thought about it because I normally don't think about anything I see on any alleged news program because they're just so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, I, I did think about it that time. Uh, and I was like, why is it that everyone is a right winger when they're, when they're trying to throw uh, overthrow a government activity? Why aren't any of these people left-wingers? And I thought at first, well, you know, maybe it's just the, the prejudice of the media. Because the media looks at everything bad as being done by some right-winger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything else is done by peaceful pro- protesters. Well, yeah, and, it's, and they never use the term left-winger. Like a left-winger won the election. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it's maybe a centrist. Even the so-called conservative news yeah. channels. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, even Fox News refers to so to uh a Marxist like Obama as someone who is uh moderate or leans left. Even even Joe Biden as leaning left. Mm-hmm. Well, hell no. They're like as far left wing as you can get. Yeah. I mean, they're so far around the wing that they're clear over to the other side of the moon where they're a totalitarian uh, left meeting a totalitarian right guy. 
Well, and it's kind of like I don't know what the difference is. It's kind of like the squad, right? I mean, it, l- really, the only thing the squad is missing is their white hood. Yeah, if they were white, well, <laughs> let's see now. Though, it doesn't matter, you know. At this occasional, point, occasional cortex is partially white. <laughs> I, mean, I I understand but, that, but I'm just saying they're and they're Obama, far less. Obama is, most, is is also mostly white, so. And white and Arab, right? I don't. I still don't know where the African American piece of it that all is. But at any rate, my point being that I realized after thinking through this right wing, left wing stuff that that was really all BS. And I still was asking the question: Why is it the people who are protesting the government action are right wingers? And then I realized. The answer was the same answer as why people keep trying to come into this country for the freedom or perceived freedom. And that's because people are protesting left-wing governments. Of course they don't have left-wingers protesting the left-wing governments. Most of these governments that are most of the governments around the world are are Marxist in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Even conservative, uh, alleged conservative governments, a lot of those have a Marxist influence. Well, I mean, you could argue, uh, I mean, you know, maybe I'm going out on, going out on a far limb here, but Benjamin Netanyahu in, in Israel, I, I don't know if I'd say Marxist, but they're certainly a, a, more totalitarian than than they are democratic. Well, yeah, Arabs have no rights in that country. It's a democratic uh, Jewish system, mm-hmm. but it's not a democratic system because you yeah. only get to participate if you're Jewish. Yeah, and and and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, that's not a, a a statement against the people as much as it is, is their the, their governmental system. Our governmental system is no longer a for we the people. I mean, you can label it socialist, you can label it communist, you can label it Marxist. I think all of that's irrelevant. I mean. Giving it a title gives it more credence, maybe. But I think 90% of the people, and I'm being gracious when I say this, I'll say that I'll put it this way 90% of the people that have any common sense in this country would admit in a real conversation that our government is no longer a government. For we the people. It's just not. I would challenge anyone to prove to me that it is. Uh, You can ask a small business owner nowadays, like myself. I absolutely agree. You're preaching to the choir on that one. Um, It's true. So, I mean, 
You know, we're not we're we're not we're not winners anymore. Nobody's winning. You know, you you mentioned they like to put us in cl you know classes, lower class, middle class, upper class, and then the elites. I would argue that even the elites and the upper class aren't winning because they're taking their money to other countries. They don't have offshore accounts because they believe in our system. That they have any confidence in our system. They don't move their, their company out of the United States to Mexico or China or you know, Japan, Taiwan, or wherever they go because they have confidence in our country and our system. Well, yeah, Apple's based in Ireland where they don't pay income tax, where they don't pay corporate tax. But, I, I, you know, and there's the, the argument, well, they need to pay their fair share. Number one, I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah. But number two, it... it, it you don't have to be an economist to understand that if you get out of the way of business, they create the market. They, they, they actually, uh, better the market by what they do individually than any government regulation would ever accomplish. Let the market, it's a free market. It's a free market. It's a free market. It's a free market. Let it be free. Part of the, part of the uh, success of the Trump administration was less regulation and letting the market work itself. Businesses, you know, were, were, were freed up. I, I, when I was in the corporate world, Ron, I, I had a conversation with a HR, with the HR director. And she told me, she said, I, I just, I don't even, you know, there are a lot of uh, HR people that really love their job. And, and, you know, HR people are some special folks. But she said, I, I've learned to hate this job. I can't keep up with all the changes that occur all the time. And the amount of time and effort and, and money that is spent to update things. And, you know, I, I, she was just a wreck all the time. And I'm like, I would, never, I would just never really want to have your job. Because there was always some new regulation or some new rule or some new policy that's come come down and you know it's all government. It's like it's got it's government. Yeah, what need do you have for HR if you didn't have regulations that applied to employees? Other than, you know, your normal stuff, equal opportunity employment and all that other stuff, what what more do you need? I mean, I don't think so. You know, that's that's kind of a a shallow statement. I mean, you know, we can't have uh, chemical companies dumping toxic waste into the water and stuff. I get all that. I get that. But I'm talking. 
you know, when you say pay your fair share, when you hear the words pay your fair share, what what does that actually mean? And when you penalize um, industry and business, the, it's not necessarily reta- retaliation, but there's there's backlash from that. Um, there could be some retaliation. Well, I guess I'll take my business and money elsewhere, or they just don't hire and, and, and expand. They don't do any, there's no growth. And you don't have to be an economist to understand that. I mean, I'm not going to, I've had the worst year I've had since I started my company. Um, now there, there have been some unforeseen, uh, hurdles that had to be, you know, overcome and, and some things that, that were unplanned. And that's usually what happens. Uh, but as a new business, it's been a rough year. And then you got to add on top of it, the increase in all the costs and the, and the uh, inflation and all that other stuff. It's been real tough. So if you ever want to know um, the pulse of the economy, ask a small business owner and they'll tell you. And, and they're going to tell you the truth because they're living it. And you yeah. had mentioned, and you had mentioned before, um, and I'd like your thoughts on this. Uh, you had mentioned before a class action lawsuit regarding, you know, against CNN and others regarding the Kyle Rittenhouse Rittenman <coughs> issue. I, I'm still curious, and and one of the things that we've talked about before is why isn't why isn't there a a ton of people. That, that aren't getting together and filing a class action lawsuit against um, Dr. Fauci, the World Health Organization, and the United States government. Why haven't we seen that yet? And I call yeah. on anybody that listens to this show, including uh, any attorney with... Uh, balls that belong to him or her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't culturally appropriate. Um, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, it was very culturally appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was kind of being inclusive there. Um, so it, I call on any attorney out there to reach out to us and say, hey, we're willing to take on a class action lawsuit against the United States government for uh, just compensation for what happened to us during COVID. Yeah. And anybody out there listening, send us your name. We'll put you on the, we'll put you on the list. Yeah. I mean, there's Camp Lejeune lawsuits all over the place. So why can't there be again? Why can't there yeah. be? Well, people have to learn that you can do these things, and if you want to affect change, you can do it. You can do it anonymously. You don't. You don't have to worry about being canceled if that's what you're worried about. You don't have to worry about losing your job if that's what you're worried about. We're not going to dox anybody. You know, 
we we can always we can always have a sealed uh, a sealed uh, case. Can you not? Can you can you can you? Well, yeah. I mean, you can. You have to have a class that has standing, and you've got to have uh, people named. But you don't necessarily have to name everyone who was in the action. You do have to have a record of them, though. I I am not convinced that having a class action suit, per se, is is the solution. No, I'm not either. But but I I'm but using. But it would that certainly principle. get some attention. Oh, it certainly would, but I, I I agree that that principle of everyone being able to sue ought to exist, and that ought to be the the uh, course of action that's taken. I, I think ultimately it has to be something that's an amendment, and that it's just deemed in the amendment that. Uh, these things were done, they were wrong, and therefore, and then you, you throw out what the solution is. Whether it is what you're talking about or a list of Lord knows how many we have put together now. But the bottom line is, is that you have to say, these people were aggrieved and... Uh, and and provide the solution and that you have to be able to do it in a, in a format that is in the in the form of an amendment that cannot be overturned by statute uh anything that's done by law couldn't be overturned by statute but if it's constitutional and you cite where the constitution was violated and what the solution is then that cannot be overturned by statute especially when one of the uh things that we've figured out is that how the supreme court and the court but you know the uh judicial branch in general has not been serving the citizens either in the supreme court has has not been acting within the constitutional, uh, within its constitutional purpose. Well, and it's and been I, relying on it's been relying on precedent instead of the constitution. Yeah, and so, I was, was going to finish by uh, raining on everybody's parade anyway. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. You uh, can just erase all that. No, that's okay because you're not done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh would it be even possible to begin with since they all have sovereign immunity? Well, that's why if you have it in an amendment instead of in statute or law, then you can handle that. And then, like you said, I mean, uh, the Supreme Court would probably say we're going to throw it out on the merits of the case when they, like they did with all the the election cases that were brought. Exactly. We're not going to yeah. hear it based on the merits. We haven't even, you haven't even looked at the merits yet. Yeah. I mean, you, and you can't say someone doesn't have standing when they obviously were affected. Well, I, you know, so, so yeah, I, again, 
here we are with numerous questions and, and numerous examples or an analogies. Back to where we started, which is even our judicial system is not operating the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Unconstitutionally. All, there are members all, of the All Supreme three Court. branches of government. Yeah. They're failing. So I don't know. I, 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 uh, I guess I have to watch what I say or how I say it here. But, you know, one of the uh, chapters in this book uh, covers the uh, covers Sicily and the historical background of how the Italian underworld got formed. But basically, it was uh, Sicily had been invaded so often that they and <laughs> kind of the joke in Italy is right. they were invaded so many times they don't even know who they are. But, uh, you know, they just didn't have consistent government. And they'd get invaded by this country or that country or whatever. And the people of the country had lost uh, their money, their standing in the world. The people on the mainland were better protected. Um, and they basically, through their own culture, had their own judicial system. And it was through these family dons in different uh, areas of the country. <clears throat> so they were the judge, the jury, the Senate, the president, etc. That uh, whoever the was the head of the family in that area made uh, decisions on what was right and what was wrong. Now. People think of that only in terms of the underworld, but that actually was done as a cultural thing, that that's how the country worked, because there wasn't a legitimate uh, system, political, uh, a government bureaucracy, etc., that worked. So these people created their own system amongst themselves on what they would accept, what they would be willing to accept. And it wasn't just crime. In fact, not all of these families were criminal organizations. A lot of them were just plain, they were in charge because no one else could be. It was part of the system. Yeah, they would decide whether or not someone could get divorced or whether or not someone would be punished for stealing and looting and rioting. Um, it wasn't about controlling uh, illegal activities. But when, when they got into America, they were more about illegal activities because they were more interested in making money. So they were using the old culture and applying it in a new environment and the criminal side of it grew but there's still some of the old traditional family stuff that people never hear about because they're theoretically not needed so much yeah but let's let's say we apply that culture into our culture i mean a lot of times in our country 
uh, before there were officially states, there were territories. And we looked at U.S. Marshals to make decisions about things. Uh, governors were appointed for different regions that uh, who were in charge of the bureaucracy and things, of figuring things out. And we may be dangerously close to that being the only way that we can reclaim how our country works. That sooner or later you start having issues with, uh, you know, maybe some family somewhere uh, decides, no, we're not going to have this in Minneapolis instead of this. Uh, these people who are burning the place down, uh, you just have a bunch of your crew go running around and you put a couple in the back of someone's head and you take them all out of town and run them through a, a wood chipper. Not saying that's what should happen. Right. But that is a way to solve the problem. And you just let them keep going until they've, they've gotten rid of all of the people who are a problem including the people in the government. So how far away are we from something like that? Well, I think we've asked that question before and, and you know, what's it going to take? What's the, what's the, what's the spark that, yeah. you know, we already, we've already been gaslit so much. Uh, we've been doused with, I mean, what, what's the, what's the spark that's going to light the fire? Yeah. And we don't we don't get to know the answer to that. We, we usually don't, whatever it is usually happens. And then all of a sudden it started. Yeah. And no one knew. No one suspected X would happen here, but that's what happened. You know, it's sad because you know you're talking, um, you know, about Minneapolis, and and then you you know bring in Portland. Uh, you know, not a hundred percent of those territories and those cities and those states are not all Democrats. And they're, they're not majority Republican. There's a mix of both. So the sad part is, is that people fled their homes. They fled their businesses. They fled the state. People do that are doing that from California today. But, I mean, during the riots and stuff, they actually just left. Yeah. They packed up and left everything behind. And not all of them were conservative or Republican. These were these were liberals and, you know, so-called Democrats. They had to flee. People are fleeing New York and Chicago and and California in in the thousands. <laughs> you know, it's almost like like refugees, right? They're they're just leaving because of what's happening to their lives. And of course, you're not going to see that on mass media. You you'll hear, "Oh, these these liberal cities are losing their you know, 
People are leaving in the thousands. That's where I'm getting that from. But I'm going to take it a step further. They're like refugees because they're having, they're forced to leave. Because of horrible life situations that are happening to them. They didn't create that. They didn't cause that problem. The left wing and looters and rioters and regulations and government. They, they created all of that. So why should anyone have to flee their business or their home or state? Maybe they live there all their lives. This is what I'm talking about. That's not enough to spark some outrage. Yeah. That's not enough for some, you know, people to walk down the street and, and run them son of a bitches off and say, get out. I mean, what, what you got a wheel to bat, chain, crowbar, maybe a gun. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's yeah, going to take. If there's an organized movement, it is going to, I would say, it's probably violent. Um, I think what we've seen out of Kyle Rittenhouse, et cetera, as well as the FBI and DOJ, et cetera, uh, is enough to tell us that peaceful activity isn't going to go anywhere. Uh I, I think that's the intention of the of the Pelosi wall that was built around oh Pareto. The Pareto principle is what I was trying to remember. The eighty twenty rule, mm -hmm. Pareto. P E R E T O or something like that. Ha <laughs> ha I don't know why saying Pelosi suddenly triggered my memory, but anyway, there, there you have it, you know, for anyone who was paying attention. Okay, I just connected the beginning to the end. Um, so uh, the Pelosi wall that she built around uh, her domain, uh, you know, that's, it was intended to say that uh, our guns are pointed at you, folks. You want to come at us, then we're going to shoot you. Yeah. So uh, I think that's violent. I think that's communicating violence and should have been uh, removed from social media. I mean, if you're going to follow the rules of the social media supposedly follows, that was violence and threatening, and, and they should be arrested and sent to the gulag or something. By leftist standards, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And yet they're all they're allowed to do those things. So it's the double standard clause at work again. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that we're probably headed towards something violent. And I don't know where, but I do think it'll be one of those uh, enough is enough things. And it may not even have to be something big. It, I think it just has to be in the at the right place at the right time. And and all of a sudden you've got uh, people uh, all over the place uh, who feel the same way who are going to take the country back. Um, I have a couple of uh, ideas. Uh, gun confiscation or the, the, the first 
and, and man, I'm like you. I got to be careful what I say here. The IRS showing up somewhere where they don't belong armed. Yeah. And, and you know, they can piss off the wrong people. Well, first of all, there's no reason for an F for a IRS agent. They're not a armed. law enforcement uh, exactly agency. Yeah, and there's there's no reason for them to ever be in fear of their lives, at least not until now, because they they may be a giant pain in the ass, but they can also be not a threat either. I mean, I got on. Has there been a, I did everything the way I was supposed to, and nothing happened. Has Fine. there been a, That's how it's supposed to be? Has there been a law passed that they're uh, allowed to carry concealed weapons? Concealed. I mean, anyway, concealed or otherwise, is there a law that's been passed that allows the IRS to be an armed uh, uh, branch of the government? I don't think there's anything in statute that has created a right for them to carry arms. So are they? Are they? Are they uh, voluntarily? being armed and are they going through rigorous background checks and training and what's the purpose yeah all good questions and uh these are questions that 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 i have i think i have answers to maybe maybe not but these are things that i want people who are listening to this show to think about and and think to themselves is this normal <laughs> i mean What's normal about the IRS hiring 87,000 armed agents? How many FBI agents are there? Well, they would, they would be more than the FBI. Is, is that not disturbing? Well, of course it is, yeah. And, and why more people aren't asking that question? That story came and went like the wind. I mean, you know, it's one of them things. It's it's kind of like, you know, the the story of the 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 bomber in uh, Washington D.C. We still don't know who that is. Yeah. Rather odd. Yeah, we can identify the I don't know 100, 200, 300, 400 people that went into the Capitol. But we still don't know who Ray Epps is. Hmm. It's getting curiouser and curiouser. But wait. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not, well, con we're no, not concerned. We're not concerned. Is. We're not concerned with Ray Epps. We're not concerned with a bomber that placed bombs, you know, in Washington, D.C. But by gosh, let's, tr let's trade the merchant of death for a basketball player because that's what we're really concerned about I, I I have these moments where I just have to be so sarcastic and, and just use these comparisons to point out the ridiculousness that we'd go through in this country let's not well, worry, let's not worry about uh, we're going to send another hundred billion to Ukraine and, and weaponry 
instead of going to uh, Afghanistan and reclaiming what we left behind, and why don't we ship that over there? Why don't we go claim the billions of weaponry and you know planes and and uh, helicopters and rifles and ammunition why don't we go reclaim that put it on a freaking ship or whatever you got to do and send that to ukraine why are we creating more why are we spending more money on stuff that we don't have the money to spend it on we're 30 plus trillion in debt i have i can just just tell ukraine you know they can have all of our stuff they want to that is located over in afghanistan exact go get it as a matter of fact send them to go get it yeah. Send them. They're closer. You can have whatever you find over there. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go have your pick. Yeah, and and it's it's sad that a dumbass like me, uh, on on a, a you know a small podcast that that hopefully you know some people will listen to, has to come up with an idea like that. Then I, I'm sure I'm not the only one in the country that said, hey, you know, why are we spending this money? Why? We we just gave away a you know a whole ton of weaponry. There's somebody out there. There's some other person, right? Well, I would hope so. So I'm thinking, you know, I saw that the other day, and I'm like, why? I don't understand. You know, and 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 again, here we are, coming back around full circle, towards the end of the show. And, and we're wondering where these people get their votes from. Because they're not the brightest. Well, well, and I have to say, you know, last time I, I brought up the fact that I don't believe all of the elections in the country are legitimate. They can't be. And there's no proof that they are. And after thinking on it, Reflecting on it some, I got to doing some a little more digging, and I did find a couple of of cities that were run by corrupt Republicans in the in the boss machine era. Very small, not for very long, but I did find a couple of Republicans, like in Cincinnati and I don't know one or two other places. Um, no one's ever heard of these people, but they did exist. Uh, but by and large, there's no evidence that our, our elections in this country are, are legit. And I think they ought to be. I mean, if even if they are all legit, fine. We should be we should be able to prove that. But we're not. We're just being forced to accept what we're being told as though we're living in Russia or something. Until we have auditable elections, so that we have some faith that we're being told the truth. I mean, for some reason, no, you know, only the Democrats think that we had a legitimate election last time when Biden supposedly won. I still don't believe 80 million people voted for him. I can't believe we have that many stupid people in this country. I just can't believe that. I refuse to believe we have 80 million people in this country that are that stupid. So, do we have 40 million that are that stupid? Yeah, I would. I would concede that. 
But my only point is, is that during the machine era that I was talking with you about in Kansas City, they would have thousands of people every election who voted who had died. The, the, the election people would go around and enter people into the party. Uh, they would go visit graveyards and they would write down people's names. And those people voted in all of these elections even though they were dead. I mean, that goes back to the 1920s. So the, the people who voted who were dead in Atlanta in 2020, that's a long tradition. And, and in Maricopa County too. All of this, I, I don't really have a problem with mail-in voting if it's done right. I really love the idea. I think it could be done properly and make it work. I'm not an anti-mail-in voter person, but you do, and it's a big but. It does have to be something that you can prove that the vote is legit. The person's legit. They had the right to vote. They did sign and date or whatever their ballot, whatever the statutes are. But until we have laudable elections, I refuse to believe that any of them are accurate any longer. I just, I can't believe that we have 80 million people in this country that are that stupid. So anyway, I have to stop on that one. Well, I, I, I would agree uh, with, with a few things. Um, it, I would agree that if mail-in voting was conducted in a way that was secure and uh <clears throat> and legitimate i i don't have a problem with mail-in voting if it but it's not conducted the same way as absentee vo voting is they're they're two totally separate uh ways of voting And there's never been an issue that I'm aware of with absentee voting. And most of the people that, you know, vote absentee either like are temporarily overseas for business or military, uh, you know, people like that. I, I was stationed in overseas. So, you know, I, I would, I, I, I never voted while I was overseas, but you know, I, I know of some people that uh, voted absentee, and you can go to any state website, and you can look up to see if your vote is was counted. And they did, and their vote wasn't counted. Or they didn't vote, and it showed that they voted. Wow. And then, Yeah, I know some people personally that that happened to. I also know some family members who received more than one ballot in the mail. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean they could have sent in five if they received five and all five of them would have been counted? We will never know. So again, it, you keep saying prove that there was fraud. Well, prove that there isn't. Right. <laughs> and when, when I played the video last time, of Nancy Pelosi in 2005 questioning the elections. You know, when the Democrats lose, it's, it's okay for them to throw a fit, not want to certify elections, 
and say the the elections were were not legit and they cheated somehow. We don't know how, but they did. Well, when the shoe's on the other foot, you can't tell the Republicans, "Oh, it's a legitimate. It was the most secure election ever," and you just have you just have to take our word for it. Right. No, no, no. No. If 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 you're just saying to me, take our word for it or you prove that there was fraud my retaliation is going to be prove that there wasn't how about how about you go to work and prove and find the evidence that there wasn't and i'll go to work and i'll go find the proof that there was and somebody has to come back with an answer and whoever yeah. has the best answer wins right that's that's how the game's played. So if, if you come back and say I can't prove that there was not any election, and, and and don't give me this widespread shit either. Fraud is fraud. It doesn't matter if it happens ten times or a million times. Yeah, I mean, basically five states. Is that widespread? I don't know. I, I that, that's a great. There's argument. nothing. Yeah, there's nothing in election law anywhere about what widespread is. There's no requirement for anything to be widespread. And it was basically five, not even five states. It was uh, a city or municipality within five states. So it wasn't even widespread in those states. It was just enough in certain areas to throw the election. So what, to what degree did it happen? We don't know because no one to look. Well, here, here, here let me just run this through real quick. So because okay. I, I do have to stop. Yeah, and this will be it. We're, we're at election. We're on election night 2020. About 9, 10 o'clock, you know, you're watching the news, and everybody's like, oh, looks like Trump's going to win re-election. And then all of a sudden, some weird things start happening, right? Stopping the vote, stopping, stopping the counting, um, some irregularities with, you know, printers and, and all this other stuff. And so, like most people, yeah, okay, well, he, he's got such a lead, I'm going to bed. You wake up the next morning, and everything's flipped. And, and you, like you had mentioned, five states. And then there becomes all this, this noise surrounding the election. And, and my skepticism, in turn, the reaction is you're an election denier. And you need to shut up. And you need to prove that there was fraud. And, oh, there wasn't any fraud. Well, there was a little bit of fraud. Well, there was... No widespread fraud. So we have those three things to, to throw in the mix. But you're an election denier, and uh, you can't prove that there was fraud. But your skepticism, looking at me and saying, prove that there wasn't, it doesn't work that way. So in a nutshell, go F yourself. And live yep. live with the outcome because... We're the government, and uh, what we say goes. And if you question us, 
um, you know, we'll cancel you. We'll throw you in, you know, under the capital. We'll throw you in the capital gulag, and uh, we'll make sure that you don't get health care and food or a due process. You know, whatever it takes to yep. re- to recondition you to believe that there was no voter fraud. I mean, in a nutshell, and and it sounds ridiculous because it is. Well, that's what happened, though. And why people aren't more pissed off about it, and you know, they've made it. They've made, and I've said this before, and and we'll call it a a day. They've yeah, made I it impossible. They've made it impossible for anybody without a a billion dollars to run for any office anyway. Yep. On purpose. Yep. All right. An inquiry into freedom. Check us out online. Uh, our uh, webpage and inquiry into freedom.com. There's written content and a way to contact us. And um, we'll see you on the next show. See you, Ron. <laughs> Our feet are the same. <laughs> Our feet are the same. All right. Our feet are the same. Yeah. <laughs> Not widespread, though. Just getting wider. Yeah. <laughs> Stinky. Pick yeah, Hillary, ne- Hillary never would fit through a squeeze sheet anyway. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll, we'll see you. <laughs>